Don't you hate to be continued on TV? It's horrible when you sense the to be continued coming. You know, you're watching the show, you're into the story, and then there's like five minutes left and suddenly you realize, hey, they can't make it. <laughs> Timmy's still stuck in the cave. There's no way they wrap this up in five minutes. I mean, the whole reason you watch a TV show is because it ends. If I wanted a long, boring story with no point to it, I have my life. <laughs> A comedian can't do that, see? I can't go, man walks into a bar with a pig under his arm. Can you come back next week? The Lifers Podcast with Scott Lucas, Gabe Rodriguez, and Ben Reiser. And now, here's Scott, Gabe, and Ben. Look what I have in your honor, Gabe. I got a Culver's Caramel Shake. Why is that in my honor? Because you're the shake man. Yeah, thank you, Scott. Thanks for remembering the show. You're a real smooth smoothie, you are. I like smoothies and shakes. No, none of them is better okay, than the other. So what were you asking me for? You know why I'm drinking a shake in your honor. I'm not the only person that likes shakes. Can I get a hot dog with that shake? No, that's wrong. Scott, do you like shakes? Fries. Can I get fries with that shake? Um, sure. I, who doesn't like a good shake? Um, I don't know. I don't know if you guys were off the date. We're talking about my, my mood, right? Yeah. So last week we left everybody hanging from a cliff, uh, a cliffhanger, as they call it in the business. Gabe, bated breath, bated breath. I didn't get to the end. Did the people didn't know they're going to get to a two-parter till the very end? No, but I wonder if people were starting like if people listen to it and they're looking at the countdown, the clock, and they're like going, "Hey, they can't make it." <laughs> we'll get to the the U2 what's the best but I, I don't know about this I mean I was editing 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 this thing today and uh, I, I might have been a, a bit too effusive about U2 and throwing the word great around a lot uh, might have let my guard down a little bit um what are you afraid I don't of want to be known. Back now? I, I don't know. I don't want to be known as this crazy YouTube fanboy, do I? I don't think you come off that way. Oh. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Speaking of crazy YouTube fanboys and you coming off a certain way, though, I was on the East Coast uh, over the weekend. You're not on the East Coast anymore. No, I'm back in Madison. Okay. Um, waiting for the start of my FN Film Festival. But we were listening to the episode in the car with my daughter, who is usually, when it comes to this podcast, saying, I want to listen to that. We're not listening to that podcast again. Is, um, that, your, is that your go-to impression of your daughter? Yeah. Okay. When, I'm a, when I'm in a good mood. When I'm, when right. I'm feeling generous. Charitable. 
but the, but hand in hand with that is her saying, when am I going to be a guest on your podcast? Why don't you talk about me on your podcast? Uh, but anyway, she took a break from those two uh, turns of phrase mm-hmm. and was really riveted and said, you cannot record an intro to part two without asking this question and getting the answer. What is it exactly? And, and, and my wife backed her up with that. This is an important piece of information that people are going to want to hear. What happened with you and this Michael dude at customs? Like what exactly did he do that got you so mad? Why do you have to bring up Michael? again? (laughs) I said, he's never going to answer this question, but I'll, I'll throw it out there. Well, I haven't heard from Michael, so apparently he doesn't listen to the show. Uh, but he was just, you know, kept looking at me. I didn't like the way he was looking at me. <laughs> Wait, this guy was in front of you in the customs line, right? Yes, yes. And then yes. what? So, he was taking okay, okay. too much time? Okay. and No, okay, so the customs line was fucking horrible, and we get... And it's a huge line, and we're about in the middle of the line. Uh, so we get to this, you know, how it splits off, and then we get into line, what, 59 or something, you know. And, and of course, and this happens when we go to the supermarket, when we go, we're trying to figure out which lane we're going to go to for uh the tollway, you know, it, we always get in the wrong line. And so we were in this line that was not moving. And this guy who was checking everybody's papers in our line, he was just slow, 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 slow motherfucker. So um, we just see everybody else go past us. Like we ended up being the last, the, the last people. So by the time we got out of there, everybody was gone. Like everyone was faster. Like we just want to get out of here. But this guy spent like an hour on four people and I, uh, and we tried to switch lines and this guy was like, no, stay in that line. I was like, why? He's Justine's like, he's taking forever. He's like, he's doing his job. And I'm just like, Ooh. So I was already, you know, just the, the so boiling wait, this point. This is that there. Michael guy who said, no, this, this wasn't Michael. This wasn't oh, okay. Michael. So, so we finally get through, finally, and we, we go get our bag, and then there's another line. But this, it didn't look like a line. It looked like a bunch of families, and the kids were like, you know, walking around in circles, and it just looked like people were just assholes and didn't know where they wanted to go. And I was like, ah, fuck this. So I went around them. Turns out that was an actual line. And so Michael... And his wife, Debbie, or Katie, or whatever her name was, they go, hey, there's a line here. And I'm like, oh, I don't know that there is. Because by this point, I'm like, fuck you. And they go, oh, there's definitely a line. I'm like, okay, sorry, fine. So I go around to get behind him, and he sort of does this, he kind of checks me, you know? And he just kind of like shoves into me, and I go, did you just push me? He goes, no, I didn't push you. And I'm like, so you don't have the guts to admit that you just fucking shoved me, you know? No, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. And I'm like, admit that you did it, and then we can move this to the next level, okay? And, and he's like, no, I didn't do it. 
So he just had this shit-eating grin. He kept turning around looking at me. And I'm like, man, fuck you. Don't even fucking look at me. So he keeps turning around and, you know, looking at me. And then he gets to the end of the line. And then he goes, you go ahead. And I'm like, oh, you don't want to go outside with me, huh? He's like, no, I got to wait for somebody. Go ahead, bro. (laughs) And I was like, you fucking jerk off. So, of course, I didn't see him outside of the the thing. And I, I never got my revenge. So that's what happened. It, it sounds like not a lot. But it also sounds like maybe he was trying to make amends there at the end. Maybe he felt bad for being a dick. No, 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 no. He, he was being a jerk off. And then he got to the end when it was like, all right, we're not, in the, we're not in the airport anymore. Now we can talk. You know, now we can see what's going to happen now. No, 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 I'm not going out there. I'm like, ah, you asshole. So that's what happened. You know, I was in a good mood, Ben, and your daughter ruined it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's hard to know what content of ours is going to be the most riveting to those outside of the inner circle, but there you go. Yeah, well, you went to see the boss, I see, I saw. Yeah, talk about, I'll just tell you a quick, crazy story about that. Okay. If you don't mind, since we're doing an intro here, and Gabe has a lot to say, but it's still I don't mind. Gabe. up into it. Gabe Rodriguez is here, everybody. <laughs> I am here. I'm, I'm kind of locked in my room. I, I want to tell a story about something I did stu- too stupid today. Oh, good. It's <laughs> either punk or unpunk. I don't know which one it is. We'll, okay. We'll make All right. Well, let's, let's go to the boss. This is very right, intriguing. Let's, let's the boss has we, to say. we got a lot of great stuff tonight. So I don't know if you've heard this, but the whole thing about this Springsteen tour is he did this dynamic ticket pricing with Ticketmaster. And so... You know, normally his normally he sells tickets for like I don't know 150 bucks, maybe 200 tops, and then all the way down to 75 or 50 bucks. But I think that you know for the first for for when tickets went on sale for these for this tour, tickets were like a thousand bucks, 500 bucks. There was like I don't I don't understand how it works. I I still don't understand what this dynamic ticket pricing is. But apparently Ticketmaster can just be like, oh fuck it, we'll we'll charge whatever we want. But there's a lot of people. Hasn't he always been charging? What you're talking about seemed like dynamic ticket pricing to me. It was like, all right, it, it, it's got a, a scale, right? Well, it's got it. I mean, dynamic. No, not. Yes, what is dynamic? What kind of bullshit word is this? Good, good seats, sure, have always been 150, 200 bucks. Right. Seats, seats in the upper level of these arenas all the way in the back are more like 75 or 50. That's not the dynamic I'm talking about. Okay. I'm talking about like. It's like supply and demand. So if there's like 20,000 people trying to buy tickets, I, I could be totally wrong about this, but I believe Ticketmaster is just like, tick, right now tickets are $1,000. And if they stop, if people stop buying them, then they lower the price. But I don't think people stopped buying them. Then the Ticketmaster does this other thing, which I know for sure is that they have these official resale tickets. So the people can buy the tickets, then put them right back on Ticketmaster for Ticketmaster to sell for them. Mm-hmm. And so there were like tons of tickets available, but again, up until like the day of the show, they were like 500 bucks, 400 bucks, 800 bucks. And I'm like, I've paid, I don't think I've ever paid more than 100 bucks for a Springsteen ticket, but I paid 100 bucks for a Springsteen ticket. And I asked all my Springsteen friends, I said, what can I expect to pay? What are you guys doing like day of show in New York and New Jersey and whatever? Anyway, they were like, listen, it's a fucking nightmare. Some shows, people are getting tickets for 10 bucks before the show. Some some shows, like in Florida, are still $1,000 at showtime. So anyway, I started looking at Ticketmaster the day before the show. 
And then I started looking at SeatGeek and StubHub and all these other resale joints. Yeah. And I finally found some good tickets on uh, SeatGeek that were like 50 bucks less than the cheapest tickets on Ticketmaster. 50 bucks less good. than 800 bucks? <laughs> they, were like, they were like 175 bucks, and I needed three of them. Because the whole idea was I was going to bring my daughter. She's kind of into Springsteen. She's never seen him. When is she ever going to see him again? This could easily be the last tour. He's in his 70s, blah, 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 blah. So I was like, okay, fine. I'm willing to commit 175 bucks, 150 bucks each for three tickets, which I, a couple hours before, and so we're driving from New York where we'd been there for Passover back down to Baltimore where their show is and where both my kids go to school, different schools, same state. And my son wanted nothing to do with this because he had a track meet the next day. So he's like, I'm not going to any Springsteen show. So we drop him off at his college campus. I don't think it was the track meet that was keeping away from Springsteen. Mm-hmm. Somebody might, might have, have a taste. Point there. You might right, have a go, point there. Go ahead. Go ahead. So anyway, so I finally pulled the trigger on these tickets. And they're great seats. They're on the lower level. They're less than halfway back from the stage. I thought, wow, these are, this is a pretty good price. If I, you know, whatever. Anyway. So we get to this arena, which is the CFG Bank Arena in Baltimore. Okay. And we, we, I have information on these tickets that are now on my phone as to which entrance to go into. And it's like the West Club or something. But people are pouring into all these things. And we get into the entrance to the arena and there's, you know, metal detectors and stuff. And they're like, oh, put your cell phone and stuff in, the, in a little thing that they then, you know, don't carry right. through the metal detector. All that regular bullshit. Go through the metal detector, and I'm pulling up my Apple wallet, which has these fucking tickets and stuff. And But there's nobody asking to see these tickets. Nobody is scanning these fucking tickets. Right. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't care. Like, it's almost showtime. Like, we were kind of late by the time we finally got there, and so we're, I don't care. I know I have tickets. I know where they are. We go there. But as we're walking to our seats and in this throng of people, I start hearing other people saying, no, nobody scanned my ticket. Ain't nobody scanned my ticket. I get to our seats. We sit down next to this guy. He's like, did you get your ticket scanned? I'm like, no. He goes, nobody has. They haven't scanned a single ticket. They let an entire arena's worth of people in to see Springsteen. And I don't know. They never made an announcement about it. I don't know if there was some technical issue with their scanners or something. But I could have easily walked into that fucking show for free. Uh... So you did not. You didn't have a good time because you were like, I could have seen this for free, and you were so pissed. I had a, a great time. The seats were great. Springsteen was great. The show was great. My daughter loved it. It was fine. But I was just sort of like, wow, what a weird fucking thing. Yeah, you know, since COVID, they can't get anybody to fill those jobs. Mm-hmm. How do they know if they don't put too many people in the arena, though? I guess they figured like. Nobody would be expecting not to get their ticket scanned, so nobody's even going to try to go in without a ticket <laughs> right, scan. Exactly. Well, next time they, they didn't will. know I was from Brooklyn. Back in the day, we used to go to Madison Square Garden with like an old concert ticket from something else, and a ten dollar bill folded in half under the ticket, and you found like the oldest looking guy who was taking tickets, the one who'd been around the bend like fifty times, and like had a flask in his back pocket. You'd find that guy, and you'd give him. Whatever bullshit ticket you had, he'd feel the dollar, the, the ten dollar bill underneath the ticket, and just take it and send you in. We used to do and that that's why tickets are eight hundred bucks now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. So, are we going to get an unpunk Gabe bit? Yeah, Gabe, yeah, is that what's this. going on? It might be. I might be. 
I don't know if this is punk or unpunk, but it's 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 something. Is it punk or were you punked? <clears throat> I think I punked myself. Yeah. My Pretty wife punk. Took, she, my wife took the handle off of my door in my office because it was kind of loose. Uh huh. <laughs> she, tra- she, she tried to tighten it, and the screw went through. So she's like, "This thing's broke. I got to take this off of here." She took the knob off, but she left the little clicker thing that goes into the door you know right while you're in the room this is a couple days ago and you've been in there for two days no 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 today right before this podcast i i usually close the door because i want to i don't want to make a lot of noise in here right then i realized i don't have a knob to turn the thing and open it up and i'm like oh what am i gonna do to turn this thing to open the door because you want us to send help I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get out of this here without cutting down the door. You had this look on your face. And I was like, what What did he do? <laughs> but when you sat down, you were just like, uh, have we started? I'm like, well, no, what's going I, on? I was in a hurry. I, I was at Chipotle getting something. Oh, God. And I was, in, I was in a good mood because the person in front of me paid for my, <laughs> paid for my meal. Oh, okay. But you have to figure at some point Heidi's going to come looking for you, right? Yeah, I sent her a text and said, hey, I, I might be locked in the room, but we'll have to figure it out. But I, I'm thinking... Why are people paying for your meal at Chipotle? I don't know, but I, I want to know the etiquette about this. If someone pays for your meal in front of you, are you supposed to pay for the person behind you, or can you just skip on through? Wait, what? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Ben? You want to know if you have to pay it forward immediately, or whether you can just bank it for some later active uh, benevolence? I'm banking it, but yeah, for quite uh, yeah. some time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's what's the protocol there? When someone buys your like you're in the drive-thru or you're walking up to buy something and they say, I'm taking care of him, are you supposed to get the guy behind you right away? Is that like automatic? Are you the I don't know. jackass who doesn't do it? Uh by the way, how does that even work? How do you know what to pay for the guy behind you? How did the person know how much your order was gonna be? I was up there, mine was ready, uh, it was just one bean one burrito, so it was like ten bucks or whatever. And the lady's like, "You're good, sir." She paid for it. I'm like, maybe okay. she, maybe she knows oh. you. Maybe she's a fan. A fan maybe, of a uh, bald Mexican dude getting Chipotle. Was it Cindy Yip? Did she come down to Florida <laughs> looking for there you? Are, there are weirder things. Anyway, I got the Chipotle. I had my dinner. Came up right before the show, and I closed the door. I'm like, I gotta close the door. I can't leave it open. The dog's gonna come in here and bark, and it's gonna be all noisy. But now I'm stuck in the room. I don't know if I can turn the knob to open the door. There's no knob. Would you like to get up and try? No. I don't want to make myself dumber than I look right now. Is there a hole <laughs> where the knob was? If you had a yeah, screwdriver, a could you shove it in and sort of twist the There's thing? a hole, but there's a metal piece that's sticking through the door. Do you have a credit card? Yeah. That always works. It works in the movies. This yeah. I'm not MacGyver. This isn't Fletch. <laughs> Looks like you can Stay climb tuned. out the windows behind you. How about you Stay do that? Stay tuned for next week to see if I make it out of the room. Okay, good. Another one. <laughs> Is it a steep drop from where you are? Aren't you on ground level there? No, I'm on the second floor. Oh, well, that's not too bad of a drop. <laughs> it's bad. I'm not messing he's, around. He's going to jump out break some. Oh, this is good. Come on. Try to get out. Try to escape your escape room. I did uh, for a turn, few seconds. Turn the camera around so we can see it. 
My hands were greasy from the stupid doorknob. I can turn the thing around. Your hands are gre- greasy from the food, probably. <laughs> I can't turn the thing around. Can I? Yeah, turn it around. Spill my drink. Is that another thing you're not allowed to do with your work computer? Is turn it around? (laughs) Everything plugged into it. It's It's screwed into the desk. It's a laptop. laptop. I don't want to unplug everything. This sucks. Yeah, those laptops are known for not being mobile. Well, I got everything plugged into it. Hold on here. Oh, look at that. This is like like watching Skinner. Is that a receipt printer? It's a label printer. Can you guys see the the door now? I I can see the door. Yes. This is going to be... I'm going to take the headphones off and see if I can turn this knob. Hold on a sec. Okay. Yeah, you need a screwdriver. Wow, Gabe really is not too bright. That's some room he's got there. He really is like in an escape room. What a perfect shot. He should get a job as a cinematographer. (laughs) He's just not going to. Look at him. Oh, this is going on YouTube for sure. Oh, yeah. This is is prime content. (laughs) Strange women <laughs> will be buying him lunches every day. <laughs> you look like you got locked in your room today. Here's a Chipotle for you. <laughs> you look like you've been through a lot there, sir. What's going to happen when he eats all that Chipotle <laughs> and he's locked in that room? It's not going to be. Back to basics. I don't know. What's the over and under on him climbing out the window tonight? He can't do that. His his little ankles will snap like toothpicks. Where where did he go? I don't know. He must be getting the power tools. Oh, he's back. Oh, well, Look, he's going to try the credit card. credit card. Oh, I hope this works. <laughs> he is no MacGyver. He's not even an Ironside. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Look at all Uh-oh. those cell phones he's got self- on his desk. Drug dealer? <laughs> he's got his burners. <laughs> oh, my God. We're in, the, we're in the middle of the wire, season six. Stringer Bell. <laughs> I'm stuck. <laughs> yeah, that was entertaining. That didn't work out for you. You're right, you're not MacGyver. That is a great unpunk visual. Pretty unpunk, but all those cell phones you got, that's pretty punk. (laughs) Handyman, I am not. Unpunk Gabe, unpunk Gabe, unpunk, unpunk, unpunk Gabe. Unpunk, unpunk, unpunk Gabe. Somehow I'll figure this out, but... I don't think you will. I'll have to. I can't sit in here all day, all night. (laughs) What do you... All right. You know what I did this weekend? I uh, I tried to get stoned in public. Uh, mm. Still can't do it. Still no good at it. You mean you have like performance anxiety and can't get stoned? Perform? I wasn't performing. What are you talking about? Oh, I, I don't know. Like we, you said you tried to get stoned in public and couldn't do you mean it. erections? Yeah, kind of like that. But I'm saying like... Like, sometimes you're right. Sometimes I'll take an edible thinking, oh, yeah, this is going to get me through the night. And then, like, four hours later, I'm like, wait, that never kicked in. No, 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 no. Just being, like, I went to Liars Club to see You Died, and Felix was there, and he he offered me an edible. And I was like, all right, half of an edible. And 
Next thing I know, I'm telling people two and a half hour stories. And oh, okay. Twisting everything into a commentary on the state of humanity. It's, it's just brutal. Brutal. And I, I watched Felix. He's like, I'm too stoned. I got to get out of here. And I swear to God, he flew. He levitated and he flew out of Liars Club, out the door. And he flew home like Superman. Let me know what kind of edible that was. That sounds like a good one. What about you, Gabe? You like to get stoned in public? No. Although the story about me getting uh, offered weed on my 16th birthday made it back to Matt somehow, and he asked yeah. me about it. He said, "You remember that wrong? That wasn't that wasn't Jerry Newbro. That was somebody else." <laughs> Wait a minute, made it back to Matt somehow. He listened to the podcast. What are, no, what are you talking no, about? No, some, somebody went and reached out to him and said, hey, what's the story about you trying to get Gabe high or something like that? What's going on here? Or he listened to the podcast and just didn't want to admit it to you. No, so, he said uh, someone reached yeah, out to I him. I can picture Matt doing that. So, Gabe, you know, it's not like I listen to your fucking podcast, but somebody told me <laughs> that you're telling stories about me on your podcast. So who was it who tried to get you high? Your brother? Uh, he said something like Ross Christensen or something Ooh, like that. Oh, that sounds like a Ross Chris Christensen type they of thing. They weren't trying to get me. I, I was the one that was saying, hey, it's my birthday. Maybe I should. And then, then I decided not to. But point was, how does somebody remember who the hell was there the one time 30-something years ago? Oh, no, that wasn't so-and-so. That was this guy. He's got, Matt's got the memory of an elephant. He doesn't forget anything. It's called a memory, Gabe. People, no. People remember things. You remember who you're with walking to school one day in 1986? Yeah. Russ Spice and Kirk Cliff. <laughs> we going to get Russ on the show one day? Yeah, we should get Russ on the show one day. We might uh, have some stories to tell. You got some questions for him? No. But well, he, he might have some stories to tell. About Suppose you. Russ Spice were on this show right now. What question would you ask him? I want to see if it's worth even having him. What would you What would you bring to the table? It's not about me bringing stuff to the table because I don't. I don't know him like you do. He's, he's your old buddy from way back when. Uh huh. And I found out that you might have tried to bring him into local H as a second guitarist back in the day, according to Matt Garcia. I don't think Matt's memory is. As good as you think it is. It's it's good. No. Just like you trying to talk about Fleetwood Mac's Rumors album being at my house, and I was playing it that one time. I never had that album. I never played it at my house. Do you think I'm walking around with a copy of <laughs> Rumors on vinyl under know, my arm? I know every record that's ever been in my record collection, and that one has never been in my collection. It no wasn't your anything. house. You were watching one of your brother's place. What? Now the story changes dramatically. <laughs> this ain't even close to the same story anymore. This is the same story. You were no. watching maybe your brother's house. Now or... this sounds like, like it could be a true story, but at a different place. Yeah, no, I never said it was at your house that you lived at with your dad. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. You. Everybody was like going off and doing something. You're like, hey, you want to come over here? I got to hang out and you know, watch this house. And then oh. we started going through their records. You got a memory like Matt. This was 40 years ago. 40? It wasn't 40 years ago. Come on. Don't do that. 35 don't, years ago. Don't do that to me. <laughs> oh, okay, here's something. 
Two things seem to be everywhere I turn these days. Everywhere. One, Super Mario Brothers. The fuck? What is wrong with people? Who? It looks like a, it looks like a good movie. How? Because. This, he doesn't even talk in an Italian accent. Why didn't I have Jared Leto play him? <laughs> who does, who plays Super, who plays the Super Mario Brothers in this movie? I don't know. Well, isn't it the guy from? Uh, it was Bob Hoskins Deadpool? and John Leguizamo. Yeah, right. Around. Right. Isn't it that Deadpool dude, that Ryan Reynolds guy? Is it? Oh, yeah. Fuck's sake. I think so. I mean, who? There are people our age going to this fucking movie. Childless people our age going to this fucking movie, and, and I can't go see a movie because it's in every goddamn screen at the theater. There's nothing else to see. You never played the game growing up? No. <laughs> what do you mean, no? How can you go through life without playing Super Mario Brothers? I never did either. What? I'm a crap. I mean, if guy. a Pac-Man movie comes out, I'm not going to go, hooray, a Pac-Man movie's out. If a Donkey Kong movie comes out, I'm there. Isn't Donkey Kong and Super Mario the same thing? Donkey Kong came before. It was the predecessor. Yes, but there are Mario Brothers in Donkey Kong, right? Am I crazy? It's 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 part of the saga, yes. Oh and I will, God. I would, I would go see Super Mario Brothers the movie. I would go see it. I, I'm sure you would. But right, why? Like, why? It looks like a good movie. How? What it's looks live, good about it? A live action movie from a video game. It's live that, action. I don't know if it's live action, but it's, it's, it's not a cartoon. Then what are you talking about? Of course it's a cartoon. Isn't it? Is it? Uh, is it? I don't know. Maybe it is. Ben? Oh, you're saying the new movie you don't think is live action? I thought it was live action. No, I it's a cartoon. I'm looking okay, at this God. shit. You're against uh, cartoons too? I'm not against cartoons. I'm against grown people getting excited it's like if Zelda had a movie, you, people would go. What are you talking about? I'm not sure if you know yes. who I am. Yeah, it's a cartoon. And yes, Donkey Kong is in it. Okay, okay. but you were wrong. It's Chris Pratt, not Ryan Reynolds. Sue me. Jack Black plays Bowser. Whoever that do, is. Do, 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 <laughs> Bowser? <laughs> But I was wondering who is Luigi. Turns out Charlie Day is Luigi. Mm. So it's going to be a, so gonna be a lot of high pitched yelling. Hey! <laughs> Seth Rogen thought... is Donkey Kong. Yes, all right. And Fred Armisen is Cranky Kong. I didn't even know what Cranky Kong is. But anyway, more seats in the stands or whatever brings the whole Bullshit. industry up. Bullshit. It's not, you, when you say this is bringing back cinema, this isn't cinema, <laughs> Gabe. Bringing back people to the cinema. They're fine. Those people are, are always going to see bullshit. My, my problem is when it's the only choice, that's when we're in trouble. And, and fuck all that. I don't need to get into this discussion with you because you don't care about, <laughs> about it. My point is, is why... Is everybody a fucking child? Why are we all just stupid? What's wrong with us? A bunch of children. 
I don't know. Mental it, deficiency. No. It was it was a challenging game. You you were. Oh God. It, it's, you, it's, you keep it's a puzzle that people have to solve. <laughs> okay, so all these things are going to make a good movie. Do you want to go see it, like chess, the movie game? Who cares if it's a good game? I saw like, Searching for Bobby Fischer. That was a good movie. <laughs> okay. A movie about chess. Hmm. A kid. Let me ask you something, Gabe. Do you, do you like gladiator movies? <laughs> Actually, I don't. I've never seen any of them. Do you like to look at pictures of other men? <laughs> uh, uh-oh, we got somebody coming in. Uh, ben, you going to let our guest in? I guess we do have a guest this week. Louise Post is here. Hey, Louise. Hi, Scott. Hi, How, guys. We said we'd have you back when the record came out or was coming out. And so. And you did. Yeah. I'm, I'm a man of my word. <laughs> you really are. When does this record come out? Uh, the record is comes out um, officially June 2nd. And the tour, the summer tour starts on June 12th. Jeez, I'm looking at these dates. You got a lot of dates. This is a real tour. This is this is happening. Yeah, it's really happening. It's yeah. weird. I have yet to play a note with my band. So it's like, it's very surreal to like watch these tour dates coming up and, and <laughs> yet to practice. Right. I got to fill those. I, I got to do something for those dates. Uh, so you start in Canada and you end up in St. Louis. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, I ended uh, strategically landed in St. Louis because it's where my family is. It's where I grew up, and that way I can spend some time with my family before heading home. Right. Worked out nicely. Actually, St. Louis was not on the routing, and I insisted. And then the the ready room, which is the venue there to play mm -hmm. uh, in, you know, in this time and place, um, was not ready. They're under renovations, so. We have to uh, adjust. The irony. I know. Looking at different options right now. And uh, also adding San Francisco to that list there. So um, that's going to be on the first leg. It's just not yet in there. Great. And the single is out? Yeah, the single is out. Guilty is out. Yeah. Very, yeah. Very warm reception this past week. It's been great. Great. And and you, what, you said you're self-managing? I am self-managing. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a euphemism, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, no, it's, uh, it's true. I'm self-managing. Um, it makes the most sense right now. And I don't know, Scott, if you know anything about that or if you've always had a manager, I don't really know the ins and outs of your, your, your organization over there, but, right. um, but in this, I've had managers, I've had good ones. I've had, less than stellar management um or less let's just say wasn't a good fit yeah and tried different things with different people and at this juncture um uh just feels like the right thing to do yeah it seems like at this stage it'd be it'd be scary to like hand it over to somebody that i haven't known for a long time you know what i mean yeah totally so i have a good friend who's helping me out like basically co-managing um and that's working out beautifully. Um, she's she was my first years on all of my songs, all my demos, and full full fledged recordings. 
and has been invested this this entire process and just cares a lot. So that's sort of the name of the game right now. Yeah. So other than Matt, who, do you know who who everybody is going to be in the band? Do you have the the players picked out? Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, but I'm not. You're not going to tell us. No, no. <laughs> All right, we'll have you on when you're ready to tell us. <laughs> It's a short song. It is barely, barely started when it's over. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> it's in and out, pop rock. Yeah, I can't seem to write short songs anymore. It's like they're yeah. just, oh, five minutes later, it's still going. <laughs> I've lost the, I've lost the uh, will to edit. Well, I mean, really, who cares about that anyway? <laughs> it, it comes out as it comes out, right? Like, yeah. There's yeah. no, there's no need to edit for any, any, to please anybody else or for any other reason that it either feels done or it doesn't. Right. Right. It ends. What it ends. <laughs> yeah. So we're doing this episode about our our top three U two songs. Can you name your top three U two songs off the top of your head? Um, off the top of my head, October, mm. um, uh, I want to say, I want to say Sunday, Sunday, Bloody Sunday. Ooh. All right. And, um, 
MLK. MLK, huh? Yeah, that's it. Nice. October and MLK on the same list. That's you've got to type. I do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that was that's kind of where I stopped, honestly, with them was after Under the Blood Red Sky. Like I never I, I'm embarrassed to say, like, I don't really know Joshua's tree. I don't like I I I kind of Under the Blood Red Sky was sort of like the top of the mountain for me. <laughs> That's a great record. Gabe yeah. is currently locked in his office. Do you have any lock picking skills or advice you can give to Gabe to, so You're he can get out of there? Really? He's, he's locked in his office. My dumb doorknob. We took the doorknob off, but we left a little latch in, and I we were starting the podcast, and I closed the door, and it's and I heard the thing latch, and I'm like, I don't know how to open this thing back up. There's no knob. So sometime after this episode, I'm going to be. Trying to jimmy this thing open. I don't know how it's going to work. Can you like put up a live cam so that we, <laughs> you know we can put it up and you know people can like comment and like give you. No, I don't, I don't want to embarrass myself that much. Can you call nine one one? No, I've, my wife's in the other room and she might help me maybe <laughs> if she doesn't fall asleep. I do that to myself in the garage, and I just find myself in the garage. Like, well, what am I doing now? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> now, what, what is there in the garage to do? Can't you just put the handle back on? It's not in the room. Oh. It's somewhere. It's in the house. I, I don't, I'll figure it out. I don't, I don't know. I'm more fascinated with Louise being the player manager. That's, that's fascinating. Oh. Is there anybody else doing that out there? What? No. Self-managing? Yes, I mean, I, I, is that unheard of, or do people do that these days? I don't know. You're the, you're the first. I think really? Taylor Swift does it. No. Okay. A, I think Bono does it. <laughs> Gilbert bad Gottfried model. did it, I think. Who does it? Gilbert Gottfried, I believe, managed himself. Look what happened to him. Yeah. <laughs> what did happen to him? He's dead. He died. Oh, <laughs> so dark. He managed himself right into an early grave. Is what we're trying to tell you. Don't be do careful that. out there, Louise. Careful, careful out there. It's not as easy as it looks. Oh my God, you guys are scaring me. Here, look at my 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 new piece of merch, though. I think you guys will like this. It's nice, right? Yeah, sip my coffee out of that. We we actually couldn't make the mugs. We um. We had to make the T-shirts because the mugs were too breakable and expensive to ship. But it's a good mug, right? Oh yes, it's, yeah. it's a very good. Oh yes, it's a very good mug. Better than our mugs. Did the T-shirts say the same thing? Yes. Oh good. Okay. Wait. Who the fuck is Louise Post? No, just <laughs> Louise fucking Post. Um, Scott, what do you mean better than our mugs? What does that mean? Do you have do you have local H mugs? We have Lifers Podcast mugs. There's Are been mugs. Do? Really? There's what? There's 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 the Hey Killer mug. I did that mug. I did the I do the merch. So I, I there's the 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 Devil Horn mug, and then there's the Lifers Podcast mug. Wow, but I really they don't are, remember those. They're very Please. expensive. Try to what? guess what our catchphrase is on our Lifers podcast mugs. And if you come up with a better one, maybe we'll make a second edition. <laughs> catchphrase is Louise fucking post. Yeah, nice. Um, <laughs> um, so what did I want to say about the merch? Um, 
Ah, shoot. I was going to say yours. Oh, I know. I got your local aid shirt. I bought it. And you have something about, yeah, I just bought some merch after I last was on Lifer's podcast. I was like, I need a local aid shirt. I don't have one. I know a guy who can get you one. Yeah. So I sent, I know I went in and I bought it because I want to support my friends and I've got a shirt and I bought a medium, right? Uh I'm a perfect medium. And it was like a medium for a toddler. (laughs) <laughs> was it a girl size medium or was yeah. it a regular medium it was a girl size medium I mean, we're, we're the worst at doing ladies merchandise you, you, you might be <laughs> you might be i can't wear it <laughs> we'll, we'll replace it we'll, yeah, what shirt was it replacement gabe come on man it was that cool know. one with like the coat of arms or the lion or the orange the, the orange on the black it was the the mgm logo scott Must yeah, have. oh yeah. nice yeah we can oh. replace that all right, I, have, well. I have I have other sizes I can send you if you get got the information out. I'll, I'll, I'll you might it. just want to go large, even extra with that situation. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's really cute, though. It's a good shirt. Oh, hey, I um I got my triple fast records in the mail yesterday. Oh, yeah, me too. You did? Yeah, it's, it's exciting, right? Sitting over there. Yeah, me too. No. I haven't had time. I'm going to listen to a triple record. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's going to be like, it's going to be a stretch. I'm going to give it, give it my, all my ears. I wanted to experience it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, I I swear to you, I ordered a shirt. (laughs) I swear to you, it was too small, but it was very nice. Thank you. And it came from you, Gabe. I'm going to, I'm going to figure it out. We'll we'll get it. We'll rectify the situation. How dare Gabe give you a size that wasn't perfect? Yeah, I mean, really. You should have seen this shirt we did in 1995. It said H girl on it, and it was the size of a baby's towel or something. It was so small. (laughs) We made like 300 of the shirts. It took us like five years to get rid of them. It was terrible. And we didn't learn our lesson. We kept trying to do girls' shirts over the years. We just were terrible. Women's sizes are hard to get. They really are. Yeah. They're hard to get right. I mean, I probably always order on the bigger size, yeah, you know, because they tend to run small. <laughs> I think that's the lesson here. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll never learn. Never. All right. Well, it was good to see you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Nice to catch up with you guys. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, we'll see you when you come through. Yeah, I'll be there. And um, I'll be there in July. Hope to see you then. Yep. Lincoln Hall. Yeah, it's a great place. Yeah, they're great. They're great over there. Totally great. Really good. I'll be there. Okay. I'll be back. I'll know what I'm playing. Okay. (laughs) Practice good. Have a good night. All right. You too. Thanks, Louise. Thanks for having me. See ya. Thanks. Bye. So what else should we be doing to hype people up for the rest of this episode, which is our, 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 our what's the best you too? Oh, right, right, right. Okay, so we're actually going to do this U2 thing, huh? Have you heard uh, from Mahmood since... Uh... Uh, yes, I have heard from him. He texted me the other day uh, while he was listening to it. His text was... Uh... Oh, shit. Cliffhanger. Uh, didn't realize this was a two-parter. Too many tangents. <laughs> uh, 
Mental note. Don't take an edible before recording a podcast. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, so, okay. So, last week we had Mahmoud. Mahmoud Sheikh. And he, uh, one of the ideas we had for the episode, because he didn't want to be a regular guest, right? He wanted to be one of the guys, be on the panel. So, I was like, well, we need some things to talk about, you know. Of course, that didn't stop us this week. But I was like, we need something to talk about. Let's uh, let's do a what's the best. And knowing he's a U2 fan, so let's do the top three U2 songs. So this week, we're going to continue what we started, or we're going to finish what we started last week and get to the top three. Now, for me, one of the more interesting things about doing the top three U2 songs would be, does Gabe even know three U2 songs? And uh, it turns out Gabe did oh, know three U2 you songs. Wanna, what are you going to do? Spoil the rest of the episode? I'm not going to spoil it. I'm just giving, I'm just giving some uh, background. Okay. You know, for those of you who weren't here last week, I mean, we could do a previously, <laughs> like sort of on last week's episode, could do something like that. Well, we never really got Gabe to talk about U2 other than to give us his picks. What's what is what is the story with you and U2, Gabe? Me? Here, here's here's the thing that I think about when I think of U2 because they do this thing where they play this riff and it gets stuck in your head and it goes and goes and goes. It's kind of like an ostinato. <laughs> Hey, you've been watching wow. Justin Hawkins. I've been waiting out there to use that word. <laughs> Do you agree? Do you know what ostinato means? Yes, it's like a, a repetitive musical phrase that kind of just lays there and and is the overwhelming part of the song, but it's it's kind of just there. Like a riff. Like a, moti- a riff, but a it's motif. not exactly a riff. A it's motif. not exactly a riff. It's, it's yeah, you're, not you're, you're in a, a repetitive thing that just lays there, too, you know? <laughs> so, you agree, I thought though, an ostinato, I thought an ostinato was singing the same melody over different chord progressions so that the effect of it is different because of what's being played alongside it. That's a nice trick. But in a, re- in a way... Edge does that. Well, he'll play something, and then the bass will move under it in, diff- in different ways. Right. I heard it today in reference to the song Orion from Metallica. The okay. intro, the intro I, bass stuff. I knew and it. I said I got to use this in the in the podcast tonight. Uh-huh. And I did. Ostinato. <laughs> I'm like, all right. What review were you? He's pouring over no. YouTube reviews. No, no, no. He was watching the Justin Hawkins Darkness thing. That guy says ostinato every day on that. Is that what it was? Are you watching Justin Hawkins? No, I didn't. It was it was a dude talking about the bass. So far, so good. From Justin Orion. Hawkins, a dude. No, yeah. it was a this guy's YouTube channel talking about. He's a bass player, and he was going over the uh, Cliff Burton's writing of Orion and, and the, the riffs and stuff. And that's my favorite Metallica song. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. And now it's your and, favorite word. And now we're talking about you too, and that's what they do. They do that. Brilliantly. Really? I don't think you know what you're talking about. In music, an ostinato derived from the Italian word for stubborn. Oh, yeah, that's definitely Gabe's favorite word. 
uh, is a motif or phrase that persistently repeats in the same musical voice, frequently in the same pitch. Well-known ostinato-based pieces include classical compositions such as Ravel's Bolero and the Carol of the Bells and popular songs such as Donna Summer and Giorgio Moroder's I Feel Love, Henry Mancini's theme from Peter Gunn, The Who's Baba O'Reilly, and U2's Sunday Bloody Sunday. (laughs) You're joking. Yeah, I'm definitely joking. (laughs) They almost fooled me on that one. (laughs) Won't get fooled again. That's my take on YouTube. They 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 are uh, they're good at writing riffs that get stuck in your head. Okay, but Scott, you I feel like you thought Gabe was like a like a YouTube hater. Um, not a YouTube hater. A YouTube I don't care. Sure. No, I didn't expect Gabe to come to the table with a bunch of. You're gonna say the same thing about REM. But a bunch of do- Italian words. Now, whenever we talk about R.E.M., what's the best? You're going to say, I want to hear what Gabe has to say. We even know three R.E.M. songs. Wait. All right. So let's go back a week. Uh, if you can imagine what it was like last week. And Mahmood is here. And w- here's a a uh, episode. Not an episode. A, a, a what would you call A installment of what's the best. Featuring the best U2 songs. And Justine is really not looking forward to this. All right, here we go. A what's the best of top three U2 songs. And I can see the look on Gabe's face. (laughs) This is going to be great. All right, should we do it? What's the best? Should I go first? Sure, you seem to have a whole thing. You've got three alternates. All right. Okay, all right. So I'm going to go first. So number three was really tough for me because I have, I mean, if if I had alternates, it'd be Exit, Gloria, and Wire. But if I'm being really honest with myself, my number three, it's got to be New Year's Day. It's just, it's just great. And it's like the, just that chilly U2 type of, you know, the guitar solo is amazing. The piano part is great. The bass line is awesome. It, it's, it's a great, great song. And, you know, we were talking about Boy and October and War. And, you know, if, if you took all those songs, and they did, what was the Red Rocks record? You two under a blood red sky. Under a blood red, red sky. Yeah. All that stuff is great. So I'm going with New Year's Day number three. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take my most obvious choice and make that my number three. I didn't actually rank these, much like the last time we did this. Uh, but I'll just I'll give I'll give an obvious one for my number three, and that is one. <laughs> Which one seems like them trying to write just an all-time classic and they just do it you know it's like hey, here's a perfect song timeless just the greatest and you know Johnny Cash can cover it and 
Everyone will be happy. So that's it. I got to give it well, one. Well, did you know this, that Axl Rose said it was the greatest song ever written? Now I take it back. Yeah. <laughs> did you know this, Mahmood? I did not know that. Okay. But you told me today to listen to that, that new record that oh, I came yeah. out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 40, oh, wow. what is it called? 40 songs that you'll never want to listen to again? <laughs> What's it called? Uh, yes. uh, songs of Surrender. Songs of Surrender. Why did you do this to me? Why did you make me listen to Songs of Surrender? I, I think that I wasn't necessarily aware of your level of you. Initially, I wasn't aware of your level of fandom, but then I, I, I remembered that you did that that, um, that 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 tribute show recently, where you your your band with uh, Greg Corner covered Bad. And I was like, oh yeah, Scott Scott totally is a YouTube fan. Um, I don't know. This is their reimagining of uh, these songs, yeah. and I, 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 I don't pretty wretched, it. pretty yeah, wretched. I feel like, but I feel like you need to know this full spectrum so as to have a, uh, a full appreciation of U two nineteen seventy eight to nineteen ninety one. I tell you what, I mean, it made me pull out Boy though. I pulled out Boy, and I was like, they were great. They yeah. were fucking great when they were trying to be the Clash. They were great. You know, it's it, I, I if they had ended at Joshua Tree, they would be heralded like the Clash. That's how people would consider them. But you know, they they uh, they you know, they still should be. It's just that I don't have to listen to those records. Yeah, you know what I mean. Gabe, and for, what do you got? Number three. Oh, I'm sorry, my mood. Oh, I was just gonna say like, but at the same time, like they've continued to put out records. They're continued to be innovative. They also, you know, people talk about Bono being like a blowhard or whatever, but there's no, no one else is doing the like humanitarian stuff that no. they're doing, you know? Like no, it's just, it's no, a, there's no real evidence of Bono being a blowhard. I mean, it's just no, like, I mean, no, he, he's, he, he, yeah, I mean, there's I been a lot great, of talk, maybe too much talk. Too much. Well, okay. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry what I said. Do you know my All Bono, right. do you know my Bono story? Uh, maybe. <laughs> so I was on maybe. tour with the Tossers mm -hmm. and, uh, the last, and I was playing bass for the Tossers. So we're in Europe and the last date is in Dublin playing this club. And afterwards, the guy who's putting on the whole show, he goes, he goes, Hey, come with me. I got something for you. And I'm like, what is this drugs? Well, you know, what, what's going on? He's like, it's better than drugs. I go, where are you going? Better than, man? Dr better than drugs. And so we go upstairs and there's like all this champagne and all this Guinness. And there's a note from Bono. And, and he says, take a pint, uh, half a pint of champagne, half a pint of Guinness. It's, he calls it a black velvet. And he says, enjoy lads. And I was like, wow. I mean, he did that, you know? It's amazing. And then, we left and I was downstairs and there was all these people around. They go, is Bono up there? Because they, they got word that Bono gave us champagne. And so there was all these people like, is Bono up there? Is Bono up there? I'm like, he's not up there. We just had champagne that he bought for us. So it was nice. All right. Number three, Gabe. We did this top three covers and none of us had the same song. Remember that? My top yeah. three. That's right. Because there's Ben's a lot of covers. Three. No. My <laughs> top three is one. 
just like Ben's. Well, it's too late. Number three is, yes. is one. Yes, by the way, in 1987 or 88 or whatever year that right. U2 was getting big, I had hair halfway down my ass. I'd never listened to top 40 music, and I had no idea who U2 was. Well, right. they were in top 40 back in 1987. In 87, they were top 40. They were number one. They were top 10 oh. in 87. They became, they became, like, 87 is the year that... Oh, Josh, Joshua Tree. That, that oh. was peak U2. Right. I'm just saying, I, I, no one's going to mistake me for a U2 fan. I All did right. see him in concert, but one, it's a good song, puts you in a good mood. You can dance. You to saw them in concert. <laughs> you saw them in concert with me at Tempe, and we were standing next to who? It wasn't Alice in Tempe. Cooper. Alice Cooper, motherfucker. No, it was, it was in Chicago, at Soldier Field. Okay. Right. It was somebody well, else. I, I saw you two once in Tempe, Arizona. Standing next to me was Alice Cooper. That right. was pretty cool, and he still on. He still had on his golf whites. <laughs> what what era U two was that? That was the pop tour, because that's when we were on island, and so yeah. Cool. All right, Mahmoud, what's um, your number three? So I didn't actually. Scott mentioned that we we're going to do this, but I didn't actually really like. Uh, All right, you're out. Top three, Scott. What's what your number fuck? two? What the fuck? No, no, but, 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 no, no, but, no, no, dude. The fuck? You're part of the panel. This is your, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw, you're not a guest. You're just throw, part of the panel. You blew it. Just listen to us. I'm going to throw <laughs> 11 o'clock TikTok. Wow, that's a good one. I thought about TikTok. that a lot. I thought about that one a lot. And I played it a the, lot. Uh, the seven inch version. <laughs> good, good. Why not the. Uh, the Red Rocks version. Uh, the I don't know. He's I think, I think tune. the seven-inch version is it's a little slower, a little darker, moodier. It's um, recorded with Martin Hannett, who uh, you know recorded Joy Division. Um, they wanted, I think, the story goes that they wanted him. Martin to who? Boy, Hannett. H a n n e t isn't Hannett. Okay, I thought you said Janet. I was like. I'm sorry. That's yeah. not. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with 11 o'clock TikTok. I also would Great probably pick. have like uh, so many three way, like each slot would be multiple three way ties. You know? Yeah. What's your alternate? Alternate. <laughs> Maybe until the end of the world. But it's really? weird that that would be. Yeah. Huh. It, it, Okay. But that that's tough for me to put in the top three because it seems like there would be other songs that would rank higher. Than yeah, no, it seems like there would be. There's so yeah. many great songs. Yeah, like I threw like a your brick. number two. I threw a brick. I mean, it's just all right. Oh, man. All right, my number two. Uh, what do I got? Oh, unforgettable fire. It's it's great. And the thing is, I saw them pl play this song, and his voice was all fucked up. And, and you know, in this song, there's this bit where he goes into, walk on my, you know, he's saying, he goes into this uh, falsetto thing. And he couldn't do it because his voice was so fucked up. Mm -hmm. But he went there anyway. And I remember seeing that going, yes. Go there anyway. It doesn't matter. And, I, and that 
had about as profound an effect on me as about anything I've ever seen in my life. Because yeah. it was just he, like, so go. In, in, effect, in effect, he was saying, uh, if the mountain should crumble, uh, let it disappear into the sea. That's right. It's a great song. It is a great song. And it's, and it's got everything that, that I would want in a U2 song. Like, these alternate songs, like Exit and Wire, there's so many things I love about it. But, like, the songs I tried to pick are the songs that, for me, have everything that, you know, yeah. I didn't want to go. And the song Unforgettable Fire also has, you know, there's so much, there's so much Brian Eno uh, fingerprints all over that the album right. Unforgettable Fire. But, like, the orchestra hits... Like, like that, that's that's not the edge coming up with that being there like and it's 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 perfect you know the, sure but yeah. when you listen to like you know even gloria right like there's that section just before it gets to that final chorus mm -hmm. where it's like all these like it's like they're throwing a bunch of stuff down the stairs right mm -hmm. it's not yeah. that far from anything that they've ever done so it's kind that's... of like it it's in their wheelhouse even the brian and eno shit and uh yeah. yeah, so yeah. It, all, it all works to me, as far as I'm concerned. Cool. Ben's number two. All right. Well, I, I think the first U2 show I saw was on the war tour. So I was, oh, shit. Yeah. I was a one. pretty early U2 ad adopter. Adapter? Adapter? Adapter. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, my, but my number two and number one are not particularly old school you too and my number two is from an album that i didn't really it's not it's not something that i go back to a lot not something that i was into at the time i think i sort of hit peak u2 around unforgettable fire and under blood red sky and then joshua tree ah you know my sister bought the album and i sort of would listen to her copy of it but i didn't get obsessed over it and then i really didn't like rattling home but anyway number two off of joshua tree uh Red Hill Mining Town. Oh, God. I'm glad somebody picked it. Great song. Good song. Couldn't stop listening to that song for weeks and weeks. They, um, they didn't play that song live. Uh, no. And then when they did the 2017 30th anniversary tour... It was the first time that they were playing it live. I think that maybe it's like um, uh, he, he couldn't quite hit the vocal uh, range, so it's like a step down or something. But, yeah, it was great. Um, that tour also was pretty fantastic. Uh, it's okay I'm to not... play a step down, by the way. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fine. Van Halen did it. Sabbath did it. But that's a great song. And um, side two of Joshua Tree is pretty flawless yeah. yeah oh yeah uh one tree hill in god's country and god's country is a great song a song that i didn't really love so much when that record came out but it's just so it gets right to the point it is a really fucking great song gabe gabe, number two. gabe you're number two well well I don't even know how which album this is off of. It's one of their biggest hits. But uh, the song Pride, to me, uh, yeah. it, it gets me in the gut. And uh, 
it's it's uh, it's up there, number two. That's one of the songs where he like he really goes for it, right? Oh yes, and he gets there. Yeah, I didn't even think about that song when I was putting really stuff together, and you know. Unforgettable fire is on unforgettable fire, and so is pride. But that's that's great. That and that edge guitar part. What? Yeah. What's going uh, on? Uh, that that record, sort of homecoming, pride, wire, unforgettable fire, bang, 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 amazing, great. Uh, I'm gonna say that my number two is it's it's another unforgettable fire uh, song. But it's bad, but it's the version on Wide Awake in America where it's the, yes. the live version. Just that like added like um, yep. bell sound or whatever at the beginning is just like really um, elevates that song. <laughs> But yeah, but the thing about you too was like, and that's kind of one of the reasons why you, maybe they put out Under Blood Red Sky, because unlike all the sort of new wave bands that were coming out at the time. Watch it, boy. You two was actually good live. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we can actually take these songs and we can actually play them live. Motherfucker, you ever see The Alarm? Fuck the alarm. The alarm... Uh, this is... Bands like the alarm make people think that U2 sucks. U2 is not the, the alarm. The alarm are great. Strength. Fuck. The Thank alarm... You, the stand? Come on. What Sold Me Down the River is one of the worst songs I've ever heard. And that, that's, Fuck that's, you, XRT. That's later. that's later. Oh, God. That's terrible. But I'll even take Rain in the Summertime. Oh... You're yeah. a sicko. But I saw I saw um I've seen Mike <laughs> Peters solo. I never saw the alarm. I saw Mike Peters solo. Was it Mike Peters but, or um, was it Schmike Schmieders of It was Schmike Schmi- it was Schmike Schmieders of, show. <laughs> of the Malarm. Um but uh you know, whatever it's uh that wasn't that great. But I saw um I was I was visiting Boston uh uh, like maybe so like you're 20... you're selling this idea of you two as being a band that's worth talking about by talking 20... about the alarm. <laughs> What's wrong? 20, 20, 2013 maybe-ish. Um, I get off the, the red line in the subway in Boston. No. And, and there is, there is I see just a chalkboard that says, Big Country with Mike Peters. And I was like, what is this? So I went went to my a Big Country's good. Like, Oh, it was up. big. It was after the passing of the singer of Big Country, but it was oh. the band Big Country with Mike Peters singing, and so they did big, big country songs and alarm songs. There were maybe fifty people there. It was great, but um, <laughs> yeah. So, Scott, what's your number one U two song? It's bad. Number one is the best, and for the same reasons that you're talking about. I, I mean, I would go with the Wide Awake in America version, of course. <laughs> secret uh every morning before i went to high school i had a tape and i would listen to 
bad from the Wide Awake in America record. And then the next song would be um, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Uh, <laughs> so every day I would go to school with U2 and Iron Maiden in my head. And nice. so like, like they were just, or was it Two Minutes to Midnight or Power Slave? But it was something from Power Slave. Like it was, uh, was that show Gabe Metal Shop? The only metal show shop. with teeth, <laughs> right? That was the so, best show. Next week on Metal Shop. The only show with teeth. So they previewed these two songs on Metal Shop. And on this tape, I had those two songs and Bad from the Wide Awake in America EP. And I had those three songs, listened to them every goddamn day in what, 1984? Was that what it was? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 1983, 1984? I can't remember. 84. That's where my head was at. But, uh, but my mood, I also will say that the, the Bad version in Rattle and Hum, the movie, pretty fucking good. Where they go into a sympathy for the devil and oh yeah, yeah, Ruby Tuesday. It's a really good version. Do but they bad, not go into those in Wide Awake in America? I don't no, think so. Not yet. They didn't. They they they, they didn't. And I think that um, I'm thinking I mean, of the li- I must be thinking of the, of the Live Aid performance. Yeah. yeah, the Live Aid bad was also one of those songs that was like fucking great. And that that's what was great about them. They would take the songs from the record. And they would turn it into something else. And that was a lesson that I still haven't forgotten. It's like, let's go somewhere else with this song live. Ben, go. All right, my number one is from Octung Baby. Um, All right. Uh, has any band ever as successfully reimagined themselves as you two did on Octung Baby? Maybe the Bee Gees when they went disco? But I can't uh, think of another band that flipped the a switch like that. Yeah, but the Beatles were always doing it. I'm talking about a band that is sort of going on one the path. Al- the Alarm? Well, <laughs> you know, I love to hear, what is it? Rain in the Summertime? What's the name? How does that go? But uh, it's a great, but the thing is, is it but that dude, much of a reimagination? Yeah, it is, because when, okay. what was the first single, Mahmood? Fly? The Fly? The, the Fly. The Fly, Which, yeah. when I first heard The Fly, I was like, is this music? What the fuck am I listening to? Yeah, it, it was, was like great. a shock. It, it, but was, it was a shock to the system. And that whole album is. I mean, in retrospect, you can see, oh, yeah, they were. It's still got this and it's still got that. But I remember at the time it was like, what are these fucking guys doing? And then I heard the album. I was like, oh, my God. They've got a whole new thing going and it's fantastic. Anyway, always my favorite song off that album, uh, Ultraviolet. Oh, yeah. Great song. Hmm. Uh, like There's a, a lot of clunker lyrics on that record, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons why I didn't pick anything from that record. But I love <laughs> The Fly, and I, I love Acrobat. Like, Acrobat is, is great. Yeah, I don't know what Ultraviolet's about, and the lyrics don't seem clunky to me. They're just, like, uh, weird. I and... think they're all about God. <laughs> Okay. Oh, well, okay. Sure. <laughs> They're either about God, Bono's mom, or Bono's wife. I think. 
and right? throwing brick and throwing bricks through windows. <laughs> they already did that song. <laughs> Gabe, what's your oh, favorite? Oh, you mean YouTube you mean song? all the lyrics of YouTube songs throughout the history? Yeah. They're about godmothers and throwing bricks. Okay, I got yeah. you. And Bonus. I got you. I got you. Where you're going, Gabe? So, this is gonna. Yes. When we propose this idea. My mood was like, really? Is that a good idea? And I'm like, but I want to know what Gabe's <laughs> favorite this, three U2 songs are. This so, might shock you or it might not. I don't know. I, oh, can, can, can we all Do bet on what Gabe's favorite U2 song is? <laughs> I have I no idea I'd what know. you're going to guess. My mood, what do you think it's going to be? I think it's going to be uh, either Bullet the Blue Sky or Sunday Bloody Sunday. Ben? Great picks. Ben? Uh, I will follow. And Scott? I am going with... Shit, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go obvious. I'm going to go with or without you. All right. The two people, the one person I've known my all of my adult life, the person I met two years ago, way off. But my mood, <laughs> you, you picked two songs there. I remember this song when I was in high school. And watching them play it live at Red Rocks on MTV. Oh, and him with that big-ass flag holding it up or whatever, the white flag or whatever it was. Sunday Bloody it's Sunday. Yeah. yeah. I can't believe the news today. Okay. The, another reason that this song hits me hard is because back in the day when I used to tech for the guys and, you know, when I was touring with the guys, I would the guys get behind YouTube? the kit. Or Elevation America. Yes. Right. He's touring with the guys on YouTube. <laughs> Me and Paul McGinnis are touring. Yes. I would get behind the kit at, at the local eight shows and do the drum checks. The, you know, the, and I would be hitting that bass drum. Boom. 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 And then Scott would go into it. He'd go into Sunday Buddy Sunday. Oh, yeah. All the time. Every time. Uh -huh. Like at Madison Square Garden, I'd do it. You know, and, and all these places. And it's like, I got good memories of that song. It's just, and then is that Edge singing back up? Edge, yeah. yes. Yeah. Or is it Smith? Call him Ed. Call him Ed. Is that <laughs> Edge. 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 The Ed. Make Edge. Edge. Edge Sheeran. Well, when you would do that, I would either go. But once we were on tour with Strong Temple Pilots, because the first date was in Denver, where yeah, at the same place where in. Um, Rattle and Hum, they did, the, you know, they've got a couple of songs, like in the movie, uh, I think Exit is from the Denver show. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, he started doing it. I'm like, I'm going to play some U2. And so that was kind of like what the thing was. Anyway, my mood, you, you had it. Anyway. And somehow you picked anyway. my song. Nice. Um, All right, so let's okay. count down. Three for Gabe. It's three. What was three? One. One. No, no, three. No, I want to know what number three was. It was one. Yes, no, okay. three. I want to know three, Gabe. Song you one. Choose. <laughs> all, right, all right, we'll come back to you. Uh, Mahmoud, what do you got? I don't, got I don't have an, I don't, I don't have an answer here. I don't have, I, I, I can't, I can't, uh, Oh my uh, God! What a cop! Stop it! I can't pick, but but if I have to say something, uh, yes, 
What's the okay. best? Okay, if it's recorded, Gabe put together. He if it's Gabe if it's put a lot of thought into a band that he never thinks about. Let's Come try on, to man. let's try to rephrase the question, Gabe style. If you had to put on <laughs> one U two song right now and listen to it, what would it be? Okay, if I had to put on one U two song right now, that would be New Year's Day. I want to be with you, be with you night and day. If I hey. was at if if I was at a show, what song would I want to see performed live the most? Okay. It would be Where the Streets Have No Name. That is a song that, like, uh, I I didn't see U2 many times from my first concert ever was a U2 show. I, I saw them a handful of times between 1987 and 2005. But since 2005, uh, I've seen them an embarrassing number of times. But every time that they play Where the Streets Have No Name, uh, chills. Yeah. Fucking fantastic song live. It's just like, yeah. So that um my quantifier is recorded New Year's Day live where the streets have no name. This this these answers could change tomorrow or in an hour with more thought. But all right, but if you have to pick one, if you went to a desert island and you only, <laughs> you only had to room for one for your collection. New Year's Day or where the streets have no name. Okay, so that means that those four guys are on the desert island because I'm seeing them play it no, live. No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, oh, it could be a live recording. Let's just go with New Year's iPod. Day. You have an old iPod. You only have, Is it no, the no, YouTube you iPod? You have a Walkman and you have a Kasingle. What Kasingle would you be bringing? <laughs> Ooh, yeah. It's the New Year's Day Kasingle that has the New Year's Day dance remix on the B-side. Cool. How about that? All right. Um, okay. I do want to hear your least favorite three, though, because this is this is interesting. All right, well, Ben, run them down. Stare- le- okay. le- My least favorite, least favorite three, in no particular order. Staring at the sun, stupid fucking gimmicky fake song. I mean, we're, we're having such a good time talking about how great okay, YouTube let's is. Okay, let's not do now it. Like let's cut that down. out and let's just leave on a high note. No, no, no. Okay, go. go. Um, staring at the sun. Staring at the sun. And going back far enough that it's still the period of U2 that Mahmood uh, endorses uh, <laughs> Desire off of Rattle and Hum, I think, is just Ooh. an awful fucking song. Awful. Another lazy, lazy, bullshit, blues, garbage song. Uh, uh, no, uh, or not the blues, whatever they, what do they call it. Bo Diddley, thank you. And then I can't remember the name of this song, but whatever was on their most recent, I think it's their most recent real album, where they're singing about Joey Ramone? What's that song called? Yeah, 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 yeah. Song for Joey. Yeah. Is it called Song, song for, for Joey, Joey Ramone? I think so. Right? Yeah. Ugh. Gabe, you don't it, have three words, do you? No. Next. <laughs> Next. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, you, Scott, you go. You go. Uh, the Sweetest Thing, the re-record. Oh. Oh. Not, not the sure. B-side from the, the re-record. Is I mean it's either that or a beautiful day. I mean those songs are just. I can't believe the beautiful day hatred that's happening on this podcast. It's beautiful <laughs> day. Ridiculous. A beautiful day though of the post ninety one era U two. Not a terrible song. Um, I don't turn it off when it comes on. And beautiful day does. You know, there's like. U two has like. Four or five 
formats of songs and like U2 falls, uh, so, uh, Beautiful Day falls under one of those formats of songs. Right. It falls under the like anthemic Pride in the Name of Love, um, uh, uh, City of Blinding Lights. Do you know this song? But it's half-baked. It's Yeah. Number one, every Coldplay song. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> you do. What about the movie, Rattle and Hum? Do we all think that's a piece of shit too uh once it turns color and it goes to the the stadium footage it's fine i, I haven't larry mullen jr crying at graceland come on get that out of here he didn't cry at graceland <laughs> or whatever <laughs> he did not cry at graceland he he sat on elvis's motorcycle hey when siri did larry mullen jr cry at graceland yes he did <laughs> <laughs> Mahmood, what do you think about, or you don't care about them anymore, what do you think about this thing where they're playing Vegas without Larry Mullen Jr.? Um, I'm not crazy about it. Uh, I I, I went into it thinking that I was not going to go to it. I'm still, I don't have a ticket to go to it, but I wouldn't be surprised if I end up seeing it. But um, yeah, I don't, 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 I'm I'm not crazy about uh, them doing uh, something with that. that, Because they were the band that was always the same guys. Yeah. You know? And they they famously, like me saying, hey, fake edge, they famously have said, you know, um, you two isn't a band without the four of us. You know, like that's yeah. that's uh, but yeah. yeah. Is one of the guys dead? <laughs> you know what would be cool is if they did the Vegas shows, but they did them with Bill Barry on drums. <laughs> that would <laughs> be, be great. That would be great. That would be great. I would go. I would Phil, fucking go. Phil Phil Barry. <laughs> if he if, if he like rides his tractor up to the drum set and he goes hey everybody <laughs> Bill Berry apparently has a, a new band yeah uh, yeah what are they called uh, it's not I REM uh, it's uh it's R-E-M-U-S <laughs> Remus uh I do want to qualify one thing you hey post what? <laughs> YouTube post 90, 91. There are a couple good songs. There's a there's a standalone single that they put out in like 2014 called oh, Invisible. Yeah, that's a great song. Love it's a great it. song. All right. The best thing that YouTube did post 91 is Bono on uh, South Park. <laughs> I, I, I didn't I didn't see that. You haven't seen the Bono on South Park episode? No. Yeah. He, really he just runs around going, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he like takes the biggest shit. He was like, he had the, he had, are we talking about shit again? Thanks, Mahmood. You've been a wonderful guest. Hey, Gabe, my, my, my actual favorite band is Fugazi. Just, just know that. I would like to introduce um, some guests who have uh, been so impressed with your results to date, and they've listened to the plans being described today and continue to be excited about what's going to be the card business today and beyond. And that is Jim Dubois, who is the consumer market exec for the Manhattan market, and Ethan Chandler, who is one of our Manhattan banking center managers. Um, They've put a little song together for you. So, gentlemen, please come up.
It is even better Now that we're the same Two great companies come together Now M, B, and A is B of A And it's one bank One card One name that's known all over the world One spirit we get to share it, leading us all to higher standards. Ooh. Mm. Do you like the Cowboys or your university? Do you like the Yankees? Or is NASCAR more your speed? Well, it's your choice, your right to pick a card that shows your heart and your pride. We're one with affinity and we'll carry each other, carry each other. Whoa. Have you come to meet Bruce Hammonds? Have you come to meet Liam McGee? Have you heard about Michelle Shepard? She's leading the team in the Northeast And we've got Bank One on the run What's in your wallet? It's not Capital One It's us So which card are you? Integration's never had us feeling so good And we'll make lots of money forever can sing about trusting and teamwork and doing the right thing. We'll live out our core values while the competition crawls because they want what we have got. But it's only here at Bank of America. One bank, one card, one name that's known all over the world. One heart filled with spirit, we feel it, share it. One bank working every day to bring higher standards, higher standards. One, we are one, yeah. We we have one bank. Thank you.